Once upon a time, as Fred Craddock says, there was a man who was in his mid-fifties, and he was rushed to the hospital under duress. He had been complaining for some time about general fatigue, and now he was desperately out of breath. And when he got to the emergency room, the triage nurse noted carefully all of his symptoms, but she could not determine the cause of them. So he was admitted to the hospital. And after several days of further tests, they determined that all of his symptoms were caused by a growth on his upper back, right there on his shoulder. His mother said that she noticed it years ago when he was much younger, but it didn't seem to cause a problem, so they just ignored it. But now it was weighing down on him. He told the doctor that it had grown so slowly over the years that he just accepted it as part of his life. But now it was causing problems, and the doctor said it had to be removed. So following surgery, he felt like a brand new person. A weight had been lifted. He wondered why he had not done this sooner. And the doctor said it weighed some 40 pounds. Can you imagine? No wonder there were so many complications. Well, the family said... Did you send it off to the lab for analysis? The doctor said, of course we did. We always do that. That is protocol. And the man said, well, what was it? And the doctor said, well, it turns out you've been walking around with a grudge. That Craddock tells that story to show us what happens when we hold on to what we need to put down. That it drains our energy. It affects our hearts. It can even cause harm. But so many times it grows so slowly that we just accept it as part of our lives. Well, chapter 19 of Leviticus leaves us with these very lofty words. You shall be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. That Those words are so lofty, they're almost dangerous, as in acting holier than thou. But those words don't call us to perfection. They invite us to faithfulness, to live into the image of God that is within us and out of the ways of Jesus that have been shown to us. That they're not meant to hang up there high in the sky above our heads, as if they are unattainable. And it's why chapter 19 in Leviticus tries to pull them down to earth, where it says, You shall not take vengeance or bear a grudge 
against any of your people, that you shall love your neighbor as yourself. That is one of the verses that Jesus quotes when he's asked about the greatest commandment. At first, he quotes Deuteronomy. Love the Lord your God with heart, soul, and mind. But then he says, love your neighbor as yourself. That the holy love of God makes way for the holy love of neighbor. That it is the burden of mercy. That Jesus reverts back to his Bible drills, quoting Deuteronomy and Leviticus, because the lawyer shows up who's an expert in Scripture and says, which is the greatest commandment? And Jesus quotes, love the Lord your God with heart, soul, and mind. But he doesn't stop there. He answers well beyond what the question asks. The second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Now, if someone was to ask us, who is your favorite football team? There's only one answer, right? But Jesus doesn't give one answer to the greatest command. Because as soon as he says, love God with all that is in you, he has to say, love your neighbor as yourself. Those two can never be separated. That it is the burden of mercy. That the love we receive from God makes way for the love that we can give our neighbor. But it is far easier to do that in the abstract than it is in the concrete. That we can talk so passionately about loving others until we talk about loving a specific person. That if we are ever hurt or slighted, we can end up carrying around a grudge. And we can get rather used to it until it starts causing us or others harm. That it can create this barrier to the love of neighbor, where in subtle ways can make us callous. That we can quietly exclude others, from our lives, that we can close ourselves off from what is good 
And we do not realize how much it is affecting us until we put it down. The very first time that I had to quarantine was not during the pandemic. I was in kindergarten, and I rode the bus home on Friday afternoon with my best friend, Patrick Haynes. And we spent the afternoon playing in his house and out in the backyard, and then my mom picked me up and took me home for dinner. But shortly after dinner, I started to get really itchy couldn't stop scratching. I couldn't sit still even more than usual. And then my mom noticed this red bump on the back of my neck, and she knew immediately what it was. I had the dreaded chicken pox. And she immediately sent me to my room and shut the door and told me I couldn't come out. I couldn't play around the house. I missed Saturday morning cartoons the next day. Well, first thing Saturday morning, my mom called up Patrick's mom and found out he also had the chicken pox. And I could not believe my best friend did that to me. You don't treat a friend like that. I was furious. Well, a couple days later, my brother started to itch. And my mom sent him to his room where he couldn't play around the house. He couldn't watch TV. And when I got better and I could do all those things, he was so mad at me. He said, why did you do this to me? I blame Patrick. Well, a couple days later, my sister started to itch. She was sent to her room. She couldn't come out. She couldn't watch TV. And when my brother got better and he could do all those things, whew, she was so angry at him. How could you do this to me? Well, he blamed me, and I blamed Patrick. That my sister blamed my brother, and my brother blamed me, and I kept blaming Patrick. But at some point, we have to be honest about our place in the chain of events. That we need to see our shared humanity. that we need to remember the mercy that we have received so we can love the specific person in front of us who is our neighbor. Amen.